0: who's the first person to fire it's you okay you're the first person you should be firing got um, it in real estate we find most of the time owners want to hold on to a couple of key seats and then we really go layer deeper into our kpis mm. but those profit margins whether you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year a hundred million dollars a year it doesn't matter what matters is what you keep
1: all right guys on the podcast today we got brandon mccurdy how's it going baby Good man how you doing excited to have you on excited to be here yeah so for people that don't know, Brandon pretty much travels around the country and coaches all the big real estate investors in the country. Yeah. How many investors do you think you've coached or, or met with or?
0: Yeah. I, I counted the other day. I'm around 600. Oof. Um, last year I was in, Yeah. Last year, I was in 113 different offices. So
1: Got it. And then like, what are some of like numbers wise some of the investors that you've coached
0: you name it everything from like you know somebody just getting started and they're like a million a year in revenue something like that all the way up to i was with a hedge fund they'll probably do half a billion wow everything in between
1: yeah so guys we're gonna give you so much free game make sure to like and subscribe we're gonna coach you and this is for free right free of charge free of charge charge. yeah so i'll bill you later yeah bill us later so (laughs) in this podcast i want to break down Like how people go from being a single entrepreneur to actually building a company and having employees and, you know, get out of from, get from hustling to like owning a business. Right. So before we go step by step into that, like, why should people listen to you? Can you give us like your, your backstory?
0: Yeah. I started in like the branding and marketing space. Probably twenty years ago, did a lot of design work, helped build some brands, um, started coaching uh, and doing some consulting with a pretty large company mm-hmm. as a brand consultant for them. Uh, won some awards for design, mm-hmm. taught some college classes. Built yeah. we, at one point, we were up to seven different businesses that we were we were owning and operating. Mm. Um, so everything from T-shirt brands to brick and mortar stores. So if there's anything in business, I've I've kind of dabbled in it one yeah. thing or another. Um, I now work with Gary Harper, Sharper Business Solutions. Yep. Um, we've built business operating systems. So I'm a co-creator of a business operating system mm-hmm. around all the stuff that we teach people everywhere we go and yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. So Got I'm just it. I'm a I'm a junkie for it.
1: There you go. Yeah. All right. So all right. So let's get into building a business. Sure. So what would you say to someone that wants to go from, you know, being a solo entrepreneur to Building a small team, like how do they start?
0: Yeah, and I think it, it's it's not to not to take it too far down a rabbit hole, but it's it's we had conversation earlier about this already is identifying why we're doing this in the first place. Okay, and so we always start with let's look at the the resource side of this and determine what are we doing here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the time? What's the money? What's the people? Every business mm-hmm. has to start with when we're going to pull the plug. That this is not a good idea, or this is a good idea. We should keep going with it. Mm-hmm. And so for every business owner even if you're in the entrepreneurial stage, is to stop first and foremost and realize, is this a good idea or am I just romantic about this idea? Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it'd be neat to do Yeah. versus this being a viable company. Yeah. So if we can identify that first and foremost, I always give the same test, which is tell me how long. So we're going to do this for a year. I'm going to put in $20,000 and I'm the only resource. I'm not going to go hire anybody. Mm-hmm. And so after time, money, resources, if you can't get it off the ground, uh, i I refer to it as we're gonna old yeller the business. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're gonna take the business out back and we're gonna shoot it. Right? we're not gonna <laughs> run a business that doesn't make money. So yeah, we have to have that kind of discipline because if you treat it like you know, people say this all the time, you know, uh, my business is like my third child, right? It's yeah, like yeah. Child. if you treat it that way, then you won't make good decisions with it. You'll mm. make you'll make decisions that you become too emotionally attached to versus principled business decisions, yeah. And I find that that becomes a a mistake a lot of times Mm. is where a a business owner will feel really good about their business until we come in and objectively dissect it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're realizing they're running what we call a false profit. In other words, like – They're not even running a profitable company. Mm. They're running an accidental not-for-profit. Yeah, and now we've got to fix major problems. So discipline around around what you're doing first.
1: Yeah. So discipline, time, money. You said resources. Resources. Yeah. Got it. So let's say someone's doing flipping or wholesaling full time. Let's say they're making fifty to a hundred k, and they're committed. Like, hey, this is my business. I I just want to scale and. Make this a bigger thing. Yeah. What's the next step after that?
0: I think it's first you have to identify what is your what is your unique skill set that mm-hmm. you're going to bring to the company because you're you're the employee you're the yeah. first hire yeah you're the one who's going to do it and so it's identifying all the other areas that you're going to want to fire yourself from mm. so who's the first person to fire it's you <laughs> okay you're the first person you should be firing is looking and saying hey I am horrible at finance now today I have to do it. I have to balance the books. I have to make sure all the invoices get sent out. I have to make sure everybody gets paid. But that would be the first thing I'd want to fire myself from if I could today.
2: Got Um, it. In
0: real estate, we find most of the time owners want to hold on to a couple of key seats, uh, which are really important, which is they want to hold on to marketing. Yeah. Because they got to know that the leads are going to come in. Um usually they got to have their hand pretty close to acquisitions. Yeah. Cuz I got to know that we're getting deals. Yeah. If they're willing to get out of acquisitions a bit, usually they'll hold on to deal analysis until mm. the very last second because we all know if you don't analyze that deal properly, Yeah, you
1: can lose money. You're dead. Yeah.
0: So those are the ones where it's like if you had to say, "Hey, I don't know what my unique skill set is. I would tell you hold on to marketing, sales, deal analysis, and then maybe finance, TC, um, depending on how good or bad the market is, find somebody to help you out with dispo and get that yeah. off, you, off your back sooner than later. Uh uh-huh. Um, those are the, the ways we would want to look at the business is not, I'm the owner. I have to do everything. I'm the owner, but I'm also an employee. Yeah. I work here. Yeah. These, these are my jobs mm-hmm. and therefore these are the ones that I'm, I'm not so great at. I got to get them off my back.
1: Yeah. I think it's hard because I remember when I first started, in real estate, I thought of it as a job because I had a job. Right. I worked at like the Palms Casino where I had to work from 10 to 6, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So I was used to like, okay, this is my job. This is what I have to do for this much time. Right. Right. So when I went into real estate, I was like, okay, this is my job. I'm going to work from seven to five. Right. And I actually came into it treating it like a job. Like I had to get things done. I had to do things. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed with coaching over a thousand students is like some people don't see it as a job. They Mm -hmm. see it as like, oh, like I need to go watch YouTube videos and I need to learn all these things. They never get to the actual part of like doing work, right? So have you noticed that? Yeah, it's it's the
0: analysis paralysis that takes place so often, which is is if I have to go learn these things at such a high level that I'm never willing to go take action on them. Yeah, that that you just end up stuck. Yeah. And it's learning to number one you're going to have to, you got to go make money. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to figure out a way to generate some revenue. And so that becomes the number one priority in a business is, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't know many businesses that survive without money. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out how to make money from there. It's again, back to the discipline of saying, I'm doing the jobs of the CEO of this business Mm -hmm. and the marketing director and the acquisitions and the Mm -hmm. dispositions Mm -hmm. and the TC and the finance. What, how many hours a week Am I capable? Or do does that does this business need from me mm. to be able to fulfill those roles? Hundred percent. And the discipline to say I'm going to do them in these hours. And one of those jobs is CEO, which should be constantly learning and and, and investing in education and spending time on YouTube watching the video. It's learning not to fall into the trap of sitting there for eight hours yeah. watching YouTube videos mm-hmm. when we got to get the mail out for the, for, for the leads. yeah, We got to make sure these deals are properly analyzed and being disciplined enough to go do what needs done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I always say it the same way, which is the business will tell you exactly what it needs. Yeah, and The business is telling us on day one it needs all of these seats filled and you're the only person to sit in them today. Yeah, And so we got to generate as much money as we possibly can so we can either A – make more money and keep it, mm-hmm. or B, afford to s- fill seats so that we can get out of them. Yeah. And if we can't figure one of those two things out, then we're kind of stuck in no man's land as a business owner, mm-hmm. where we foot on the gas one b- one day, spend all the money on the marketing, foot on the brakes the next day, don't, don't spend a dime. Yeah. It's a terrible place to
1: be stuck. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing 50 to 200 K a year by myself. I'm, I'm wearing all the hats. I'm, I'm doing all these things. How do they go find a good support admin person? Sure.
0: Well, first I would, you got to get very, very clear. And this is the part, the discipline that it takes is to sit down and say, this is exactly what this person is going to do. And here is my, and this is what i making people do now is my 30, 60, 90 day plan for what they're going to do every day. For the first 30, 60, and 90 days. Yeah. Because if you can get to three months of a planned, here's what they're going to do every day, Mm -hmm. then you would know that you would leverage them. If you're not willing to sit down and make that plan, you probably don't have, you're not willing to delegate the work to them for them to do it. Mm. And so you got to have the discipline to say, here's the plan for this person. Here's what they're going to do. Here's the seats. I made this mistake terribly when I owned my marketing agency. I'd hire people and be like, I don't know. Do marketing stuff. Yeah, yeah, Do your thing. Yeah. And it just takes that granular discipline to say, no, this is what they're going to do. This is how they're going to do it. And this is what they're going to take off my plate. And then here's really, to me, is always the key thing. And with that free time, I am going to go make X amount of dollars more. Mm. I'm going to go do blank. Yeah. You can't just look and say, well, I got this admin now. Look, now I can go sit and watch Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now I can take this time. If I had five hours... I could make 10x return on what I'm paying them to do their work. 100%. Most of the time when I do accountability charts with people, we build the whole thing out. I always get to the end and, and owners, to your point, they're in that, that that place where they're sitting in all the seats. And I say, if I could get you out of all of this and you were just in the CEO visionary seat of this company. yeah, That's the only seat you sat in. Do you believe we would make more money as a company? Yeah, And any entrepreneur worth his salt says, well, absolutely. If that was the only thing I had to focus on was like growing the business, we would make so much more money. Mm-hmm. And I say, great, then all we have to do, the entire exercise is how do we fill these seats? Mm. And most of the time, the reason why we don't fill them properly is because we don't believe that if we had the free time, we could actually do what we say we could do. Mm. And that's where I find is people who execute quickly are people who believe in themselves enough to say, if I had somebody covering the finances, if I had somebody covering the TC, if I hired a marketing director and I gave them good systems and processes and it freed up 40 hours a week of my time, I could go build the big relationships, find capital, yeah. do all those things. And, and in the early days, you, you shouldn't have that confidence because you don't know yet whether you can or not. Yeah. So that's what building a business is, is getting yourself that confidence to say, "Yeah, I could do it. No, I just got to go do it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because like people don't understand that they lack confidence. Mm-hmm. They think they lack resources or knowledge, yeah. but yeah, which is so deep that ninety nine percent of people won't even get that.
0: No, I mean, and it's funny because everybody does. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you sit there, if I said to you like, "Hey, in the next five years, you should mm-hmm. be a, you should be a trillionaire," and you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I don't see it." Well, what yeah. is that? That's a lack of confidence. Yeah. They, everybody has their line. Yeah. And it's just learning where your line is at Yeah. And saying, okay, what is it that we're missing that would give you the confidence to go to that next phase? I was mm. with a team recently and we went through this whole exercise and we tie things to what we call a key purpose indicator. And their purpose indicator was about impacting the lives. And the owner was like, you know, we're going to impact the lives of half a million people through our company over the next five years. Mm-hmm. And one of the employees was like, well, that seems like a low number. Why wouldn't it be a million Mm-hmm. And it was just that was the limit of his comfort with the with the with the rule, and somebody else in the team had more confidence than he had. Yeah, for the growth of that company. Yeah, and so we we all have a ceiling. We just have to figure out what it is and how to get over it.
1: Mm. So, like, how does? So, I'll put this in context, right? I'll talk to someone, and they're like, "Yeah, like I made seventy k last year, and this year I want to make a hundred k." Like, this is a real life situation, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like. <clears throat> Why would you only make like thirty k more like right. last year was your first year, right, and you were stumbling, you didn't know up from down, why are you like thinking you're only gonna make so much and they're like, right. well, I don't know like, and I'm like, okay, what if you hired someone and now there's two of you doing acquisitions, wouldn't you make like double right or way more, you know with experience in this, and they just don't see it, so how does someone can someone self diagnose their Confidence issue and start to treat it.
0: I I think so. We you know you've heard Gary say this yeah. over and over again for years. Gary Harper he always says things like you replace fear with knowledge. Mm. And as soon as I can sit down with somebody and I can map down and say okay how much how much money do you want to make a million dollars you want to make a million dollars great yeah. that's awesome so we know uh-huh. historically that a business is going to make somewhere between twenty and thirty five percent gross profit or net profit uh-huh that's that's a that's a traditional 20 to 35 percent you know yeah a little bit higher probably in real estate yeah know, if you don't have as heavy of a team but again yeah. that means you're not paying yourself yeah right or like you know if you're i don't know if you're in prescription drugs you probably do a little better than that but yeah that that's traditional then mm-hmm. i would need to know that based on that million dollars then i need to make
1: three million
0: three million dollars yeah. in, in in revenue yeah Great. So or if two I need million three million yeah. in revenue yeah, yeah. How many deals do you need to do? There's the number. How many people are going to close those deals? It's just breaking it down to that granular level yeah. to where you can literally look at it and say, if I don't hit this number today, I know I'm not hitting a goal. And I know I'm not going to get where I need to be. We break it down between purpose indicator, profit indicator, performance indicator, process indicator. Yeah. And when I can get daily confident, then I can get weekly confident, then monthly confident. And yeah. then we wake up at the end of the year. And a lot of the teams I work with now, especially the bigger ones, their goal is not to blow their goal out of the water. huh. Their goal is to see how close we can get to the number. And I know I did a good job as a coach when I go back for a consult in an annual meeting and we hit it within a few thousand bucks of mm-hmm. what we projected it to be. Yeah. Because now that business owner knows I can raise the bar mm-hmm. and, and I have a plan to get there. And that's usually yeah. the issue is, is in year one, mm-hmm. you kind of accidentally made the $70,000. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It wasn't really planned. It just kind of accidentally happened. Yeah. If we had an actual, we had done this for years and years and years, you would have the confidence to set the goal wherever you want.
1: So let's talk about KPIs because that's kind of what you talked about. And a lot of people hear that word and they don't even know what it means. They think it's like statistics or something. I don't know. So like we'll start off simple. What is a KPI? So
0: we teach there's four levels of KPIs. The okay. traditional one everybody says is key performance indicators. Yep. So performance is like, um, how many contracts did you get signed? That's yeah. a performance that took place. I always say the same. Thing. It's like a boat going down a river. Yeah. So the boat's going down the river. That's your business. The the wake coming behind the boat. So uh-huh. the waves that are making that's the performance. Yeah. The propeller spinning in the water. Yeah. That's the process. Mm. So that's two sets of KPIs: performance and process. So. Mm-hmm. Propeller spinning would be how many phone calls did you make? How many pieces of mail did you send out? How yeah. much marketing money did you spend? How many leads did you get? Yeah, That would be performance. Yeah, Profit indicator is what's our profit margin, what's our revenue, what's our cash conversion cycle, all the financial metrics we need to know. And then we put a fourth KPI, which is a key purpose indicator, which is why does this business exist? Mm. So I give you an example. Um, we have a client, you know, their goal is to impact people's lives through real estate. And so they say their process, their their purpose indicator is to impact the lives of a million people.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: we said the average U.S. household has 2.6 people in it.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: for every house that they buy, they count 2.6 towards their purpose indicator. Mm. And then they're running their business on a 34% profit margin. Mm-hmm. We know for every house we sell, we make 34% of the profit on that. So we, now we know what our profit indicator is. Mm-hmm. And we know that we need to get X amount of dollars per contract. Mm-hmm. And so that number funnels up to the number. Now we know what our performance indicator is, and we know that if we make X number of phone calls, we should get a contract. Yeah. So it all ties down. We then measure those numbers, process daily, performance weekly, profit monthly, purpose quarterly. Yeah, and keep adjusting those numbers. If you don't know your numbers, then you''re you're, you're guessing at business. Yeah. Um, United Parcel Service says it this way is a big sign on the wall there. It says in God we trust, Everything else we measure. Yeah. Right? If you're not measuring, you're guessing.
1: Mm. So let's say someone's listening to this. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. It's hard because I don't want to skip the KPIs. But, okay, well, I want to touch on what KPIs should investors be tracking. Yeah. But I want to get back to the four types of KPIs, and then we'll get to the other one. So key purpose indicator. A lot of people listening to this are they want to flip houses in wholesale. Sure. Um, or buy rentals for passive income and in their mind they just want to get out of the rat race sure is that enough of a kpi i I, i've learned
0: that you keep asking yourself the question why
1: okay and when you when you've
0: answered it for about the seventh time you've discovered why you're doing this Mm. so if you say i want to get out of the rat race yes you know why do you want to get out of the rat race
1: let me just say, uh, because I don't want to have a job and I want to work for myself.
0: Yeah. So why do you want to work for yourself?
1: Uh, because I want time freedom to spend with my kids.
0: Okay. Why do you want to spend time with your kids?
1: Uh, because I love them and it's like what I like to do. Why do you like doing it? Um. Why do I like doing it? Usually uh, when you get to about yeah.
0: seven or eight, people start crying at some point when you get on oh, this really? road. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a yeah. Big, uh, it's, I get that if you've ever seen, uh, there's, there's all sorts of folks who do this exercise, but they'll literally get folks to the place where it's like, you know, They'll start crying. And, and what I've learned a lot of people, it's it's they like and they, they want experiences. Mm. So they love experiences. That's yeah. why they want to do this is because they want a life of experiences. I've had people where it comes to faith. It comes to, you know, their relationship with Christ or it comes to relationship with what they have there. Some it comes down to like, you know, something that they missed in childhood or yeah. like, some parent wasn't there for them. And they want to be there for their kids. And that's the why. And mm. now I can say, hey, your purpose indicator, actually, we had this with a guy recently. Um, was to, you know, was to take every, every break your kids get, Mm -hmm. you know, is that you would be off of work for every time your kids are off school. Yeah. And that would be the purpose indicator would be is like, so you could create amazing experiences with your kids. Mm -hmm. And so we literally created the purpose indicator around how many hours over the next five years he was going to spend with his kids. Got it. And that's a purpose indicator. Got it. A purpose indicator is not, I'm in real estate and I'm going to make a million bucks. A purpose indicator is, I'm going to change the world or my world in some way, somehow by what I do here.
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to this, work on that exercise right now. Ask yourself the seven whys to figure out your key purpose indicator and like this video and subscribe while you're doing that. So, okay. So the next one is profit indicator. Yeah. So what I've struggled with because like i've heard gary tell these four KPIs yeah. so many times i haven't memorized but what i've struggled with is like most people truly don't really need to like make a million dollars like let's just say like okay. to spend time with your kids if True. that's your goal right do you need a million dollars no no right so how does someone really justify wanting to make a million dollars net
0: uh, it ties to the purpose. I mean, I think there's a, the number, and I'm going to get it wrong. But there's a number. I think it's one hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. There's a there's a uh, point of diminishing return as mm-hmm. to how much happier life will be if you make more or less than one hundred fifteen thousand dollars in a year. Mm. So if you make less than one hundred fifteen, there is a diminishment of joy in life. Yeah. If you make more, it doesn't get any better. Mm. And so there's there's a there's a pendulum point there. Yeah. Um. If you're making more, we have to understand the purpose for it. Got it. Why do you want to make more money? Got it. And that would tie to the purpose indicator. Okay. The profit indicator is going to tell me, okay, great. How much revenue do we have to generate at what margin to make that happen? Yeah. Because we look at everything. Everything's a 90-day business. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we do this with you guys. We come in do the consulting. It's like every yeah. 90 days, right? Yeah. 90 days is is we stop. Yeah. Because if we go three months of bad profits, we know there goes the whole quarter. Mm. we're off. Yeah. And so we're going to stop every month and say, look, we want to run a 22% profit margin. We're not running a 22% profit margin. We got to go figure out why. Yeah. And then we would go a layer deeper into our KPIs.
3: Mm.
2: But
0: those profit margins, whether you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, a hundred million dollars a year, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you keep. Yeah. I mean, I was with a very high level client and, you know, and we kept going back and forth on, you know, gross this net that gross this. And finally he just, let's like, say he just stopped. He's like, Stop. I don't want to hear any, but I want to hear net, net, net in the pocket, net money. Like how much money am I taking home at the end of the day? Yeah. That's the part that most business owners don't pay
1: attention to. 100 percent
0: Is they see these big numbers, yeah. these eye-popping checks. And what they don't realize is that 60 to 75% of that money, if you're running your business properly, it's gone. Should have gone to operating that business. Mm. What I find most of the time, if I hear somebody say they have a 60, 70% profit margin. I usually the next question is, how much do you pay yourself? And the answer is zero.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. But what if they're like, well, I am the business, so I am getting paid. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's all going to fall to the
0: bottom line. You're the owner. You take the money home. Who cares? Yeah. Disciplined business says, I have to know that if I'm doing this job, I could pay somebody X amount of dollars to do this job. Yeah. It just so happens that I'm paying myself to do it. Yeah. Right? Like if we hire, if you're doing acquisitions all by yourself, you're running your business, you're doing the acquisitions, um, you're probably not giving yourself a, you're not paying yourself a commission. Yeah, no. Okay. But what if you were paying somebody a commission? What would that number be? Because in reality, you're doing the work of that number. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And so- Even as you're in the infancy stages of a business, you have to stop and look at every component and say, I mean, I I did this when I own my marketing agency. I design every graphic. I design every post. I I would pick all the colors myself. I did the whole thing. And then one day I let somebody else do it and realized, okay, well, I can get somebody to do it for about $10 an hour.
1: Mm. Right.
0: And so in that time of my day, so for those 10, 20 hours of my day, I was working for $10 an hour. Got it. And if you don't look at it that way, then you fall into a trap, and you think, the "Well, one. I have to balance the books." Yeah, 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 not really. I mean, there's a lot of really good services that'll do it for you, and mm. it's a fraction of the cost.
1: Got it? Yeah, I think I think that's where the disconnect. One of the big disconnects is between solopreneurs and business owners is they think like, "Well, I am the ultimate sales hustler. I have to do acquisitions. Right. I can't let." Brandon run the the comps because what if he does it wrong and then blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. they never get to that point where someone else is doing it. And then their business stays on them. And then eventually their business dies because it's yeah. so reliant on them. If they aren't motivated or if they have a change of heart, yeah. just things come from uh, things just stop pretty much. And to say is like, that's okay. Yeah, if you if that's
0: the business you, I, I I talked to a guy recently. He owns a company that they install, um, they install alarm systems. Yeah, it's just him. He's been doing it for thirty years. He's got a van. He installs alarms <laughs> on places. He loves doing it. He keeps all the money. He knows the day that he stops installing alarms, the business closes. Yeah, and he's fine with that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and if that's what you want out of this, is just hey, I'm going to go do appointments and I'm going to buy houses and yeah wonderful but at least just be honest about it yeah, yeah, yeah it's just you don't want to deceive yourself into thinking like hey i'm building a business here and, and, and i'm gonna get out of this eventually yeah when you're not building it that way
1: yeah, yeah yeah got it okay so now um and then one last point on like the profit thing so what i've noticed over the years of being in real estate and other and now digital marketing right is like i remember when i was a realtor back in the day I would talk to someone. They're like, yeah, I made 300K last year. And I don't know what sparked it. But then I started being like, okay, like, was that net? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I'm uh, like, well, let's yeah. break it down. Yeah. So, like, is that before tax or after tax? Oh, well, yeah, that's before tax. Okay, is that before you po- paid your broker or that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after? Right, right. And then they're like, oh, that's before yeah. I paid my broker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so. It
0: whittles down. Yeah, yeah,
1: really, really quickly. Yeah. So I don't know why people struggle with that. Actually, I do know why. It's ego. Sure. They 100%. feel better about themselves saying, oh, I made 300K opposed to 180K, which is still great. Yeah. But saying 300K is funner and, and makes you feel better. But I think if people were more real with what they actually took home, right. they would improve. But instead, but instead they have inflated you know, thoughts about themselves and right. it prevents them from improving. 100%.
0: At the end of the day, the only number that matters is net profit. Yeah. Like, if net profit is not where it ought to be, then the rest of it, they're they're vanity metrics.
1: What about, okay, so let's say there's a a company or a business owner listening to this, right? And I I had one on the podcast the other day. So this happens a lot. Where their net some months just isn't there. Sure, They're just, maybe they make 100K and at the end of the month, they net nothing. Mm -hmm. Or their net is like. 5%, 10%, 15%, 5%, 10%, 15%, so low, right? Mm-hmm. How do they break out of that cycle? Because I know most entrepreneurs or business owners are like, well, I don't want to stop what's working because sure. it's currently working. And then if I scale more, then I will make more. But what I've seen, is just like, that's not normally how it works. So like, yeah. how do you get someone out of that issue? Yeah, I first,
0: I first will baseline it. And so I want to baseline and say the industry I'm in, what should I be averaging? And it's simple to do. Go on research, go online, type in your industry. Here's what I meant. What should my net profit be? Yeah. Give me a number to work off of. And if your number is not that, then it means something is broken in your business. You just gotta be honest about it. Yeah. And most people are not willing to be honest about it. They'll just look and say, no, no, I'm I'm different. I have not, you're not. Yeah. There is a number which is like it should be, it should be this. And if you're not there, then it's either we have one of three problems. So we either have a people problem. In other words, we got the wrong people doing the job that are not generating the revenue that we need to get. Mm -hmm. Or we have a process problem. In other words, this process does not make 20 to 35% profit. Mm. So we got to change the process because this doing this doesn't make us any money. Or we have a market issue and the market is adjusted around us and we didn't, we didn't comp for it. Mm. So if we we look at it and say, hey, I'm not hitting an industry average number of blank. A perfect analogy would be sports, right? Yeah. If you go up to bat and you're not batting at least 250 in Major League Baseball, you know, you're not going to be around very long. I don't, I don't know. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what line. you're saying. Yeah. If your war is not at zero, mm-hmm. right? if you're not an average baseball player, they're going to they're gonna take you down. Yeah. If you're above it, then you're a superstar and you get paid extra money for being great at what you do. Yeah. So that's what I look and say is where's the average at? If you're not there – then just be candid with yourself and say I have either the wrong people in the wrong seats, or have the right people in the wrong seats, or have the wrong people in the right seats, or whatever the case might be, and and just analyze it. And you might come to the conclusion that says, no, this process should make money. These people are the right people, and the market adjusted. We need to change our offering altogether. Mm. Like we gotta we gotta get into another vertical of business i mean you see this i mean we, we you adjust based on market like are yeah. we going wholesale now are we going to flip are we going to innovate yeah where are we going with this because the the market changed around us
1: got it okay got it that makes a lot of sense so there's key purpose key profit and then key performance. key performance so how does someone make key performance indicators
0: so you would look and you would say, I want to I want to set my... I always make people set their financial goals first. Oh,
1: you want to make, gonna make gonna a million dollars? We're just going to stick with A million dollars. Like, here's
0: your million bucks. Great. Now let's come down to performance. Okay. How many contracts do you need to have signed based on your fallout rate, based yeah. on how many are actually going to get to the closing table, all those different things? Let's how many contracts do you need to sign yeah. to get a million bucks and so what's your average profit per deal let's
1: say it's 25k 25K. i'm pulling out my handy-dandy calculator so we got a million bucks a million bucks divided divided by by 25k yep 40 so i gotta
0: get 40 contracts
1: 40 closed transactions
0: closed transactions so what's your fallout rate
1: let's say the fallout rate is natural averages like one one out out of three yeah one out of five yeah so that means i gotta get
0: 50 contracts
1: 50 contracts. Right. So if okay. I take
0: 50 contracts, then I'm going to ask you, what's Q1? Is Q1 usually better for you or worse than the other quarters? Better. Okay. So of the 50, how many are we going to get in the first quarter?
1: So if I were to break that into four, that's 12 and a half a quarter.
0: Right. But we all know we're going the to last, get to no- October, yes, November, and, and all going that's slower. going into the next year. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Because it's so, going to cycle over. So exactly. I'm, let's say I'm going to bring three contracts into the year with me. Okay. So that means I'm going to take my 50 and go to 47. Yeah. Yeah. Right? hmm And then I know I'm gonna get a good chunk of those in the first half. So I would look at you and say, let's let's take down, you know, fifteen of them in the first quarter versus okay. all of them. Okay. Okay, so minus fifteen. So yeah, now we're down to 32. thirty-two. Now I'm gonna take the last three quarters of the year and say, How are we uh, gonna break that? I down? gotta get ten. Ten a quarter. Got it. There's my performance indicator. Okay. So every single week I'm gonna say how many contracts did I get? And the beautiful thing about that number is it breaks it hmm. down to about a lot of contract a week.
1: Yeah. Right? So divide ten by That's quarter by 12. Right. Yeah. So almost one. Yeah.
0: Right. So I'm going to set my, we're going to create a stoplight report. We're going to say one contract. Yeah. And if I come this week and I don't get a contract, it's a zero. It's an alert. We're going to keep an eye on it. Mm. We come next week and that's still red. It's an anomaly. Market might be shifting. We might think we got something coming. If it's red for a third week, we're going to pull the lever and we're going to pull the alarm. And we're going to go reanalyze our entire process of what we're doing as a company.
1: Interesting. Because
0: we missed our number three weeks in a row.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's so interesting because I've been doing this for years just kind of naturally without mm. knowing all these things. Yeah. Because even when I, like last year, 2023, I was completely uh, focused on uh Wealthy investor, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, But previous years, I always wanted to get one contract a week. Yeah. And then there was times where it was two contracts a week. Right. Um, And then this year, my goal was to make a million bucks flipping and wholesaling. Yeah, you go. And uh, I told my team, like, we got to get one contract a week. Yeah. So it's interesting how it kind of, like
0: but we would we would so we want to look at those statistics in light of each other. So yeah. if we got that contract every week but our average profit per deal went down to $15,000, we have more. a problem. Yeah. Right, so we'd have to look at those two together. Now let's take it to, you know, 2.0, yeah. which is I need to blend wholesaling and fixing flipping because of the cash conversion cycle. Yeah. As to the one obviously takes a lot longer than the other. Yeah. When do I need the money? And then what blend gets me to $25,000 average? Mm, so yeah. if it's 15 here then it's 35 over there K. and that then. gets me to my 25. I'm good. I still need that contract every week. Mm. And another performance indicator would be projects over timeline, projects over budget Mm
2: -hmm.
1: on
0: my construction side. Yeah. Because if I got a bunch of projects over timeline, a bunch of projects over budget, then all that stuff doesn't work together.
1: 100%.
0: Stoplight reports should be no more than 10 to 15 numbers that tell me the entire story and all of them being performance numbers.
1: Stoplight, what does that mean?
0: So a stoplight report is what I look at every week. And I would say here's three or four numbers for marketing. So mm-hmm. it would be number of leads. Uh, it would be cost per lead, cost per contract. Mm-hmm. I would then go to acquisitions and I would say, great, how many appointments, fallout rate, how many uh, How many contracts do we get signed? What's our average profit per deal?
1: So closings. So
0: every week I'd look at those. Then I would go to Dispo and I would say, um, how many closings did we have this week? Mm-hmm. So B2C closings, how many contracts did we close out on? Yeah. And then how many titles, how many issues do we have on the title? Mm-hmm. So, how many deals are just sitting on our pipeline that we're having title issues? We haven't solved them yet. Yeah. I'm going to go to construction and I'm going to say top projects over timeline, projects over budget. Mm. And then I'm going to go to finance and say, I need my key profit indicators. Yeah. How much money are we making? If I have those numbers, I can immediately dissect them one with the other and mm-hmm. say, here's where the problem is in the pipeline.
1: Got it. The problem's
0: dispo, the problem's marketing, the problem's acquisitions, the problem's whatever. Yeah. And I know every single week whether or not I'm going to get to a million bucks or not.
1: Mm, if you're on track or not.
0: If you wake up at the end of the year and you made a million bucks on accident, what are you going to do next year? Yeah. If I know that I got it because this plus this equaled this, mm-hmm. and all these numbers worked out just like they were supposed to, and I get to the million at the end of the year, I know if I double all of that, yeah, I'll make 2 million next year. Got it. And if I double all that, I'll make four and keep going down the line with it.
1: Yeah. So that all makes sense. And, um, it's just, it's just one of these weird things where like, even at, we have wealth con, right. And I'll talk to people all the time and they're like, dude, I'm, I'm crushing it. And I'm like, oh great. Like what's going on? Yeah. You know, I closed like seven deals, eight deals, whatever. And I'm like, what did you like make? Oh, I made like Anytime I hear that, I'm like, oh boy! If it's, I made, if it's an I made like, uh, yeah, you, what you will never find in an established real
0: estate business is an I made like, yeah, they will tell you we our average profit per deal is twenty five thousand four hundred seventy two dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like if they're yeah. doing their numbers right, yeah, and they'll tell you, look, you know, we went, you know, we went two weeks without a contract, and we had yeah. four this week, and so yeah, I up for all of it, and we mm-hmm. know that. I mean it's it's the difference yeah. between talking to you know statisticians yeah and players it's exactly like they, they know their stuff
1: exactly so i was just gonna say yeah I, I right there i usually know like okay and then and then the next question that i just stump them with i'm like Okay, you had seventeen deals. Like, where did they came Where did they come from? Well, oh well, you know, I got I got some text messaging, I got some cold calling, That's and then referrals, just referrals. The referrals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, how many of each? And they're like, oh yeah, I don't know. I'm like, do you have your transactions written anywhere? where Ooh. I where I could actually like see them? Right, right, right. No, and I'm mm, like. No. <laughs> No, 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 like how?
0: My favorite how is, you? As soon as you say, is like, like, so, like, uh, like, what's the what's the CRM look like right now? And they give you that that what's the CRM? Look. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh no, here yeah. We go. They're like, dude, my CRM's right
1: here, baby. It's the it's in the it's in the text messages. Which, which
0: again, I was I always explain this to people. It, that's not a bad thing. No, I have no problem with that. I, it's the perfect. If you ever see the picture of Jim Thorpe in the Olympics, yeah, where he's like he's all he's all there and he's got two shoes on that are different, and he found him in a garbage can because somebody stole his cleats. That's how I see most real estate investors. Yeah. It's like they're freak talented. Yes. They can just make money. Yeah. Like they just they wake just up in the morning at, and they make yeah. money.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And my, my thing to them is if I gave you the proper tools, if mm-hmm. I put good cleats on your feet, yeah, dude, what would you do? Yeah. And it's like if you can and it's there for you and you could track your numbers and yeah. you could watch these things properly and you could hold proper meeting structure, and yeah. you could run the business properly, if you've been given those abilities... What's the point of not doing it? <laughs> I, I I don't know. Do you know? Do you know why? Because I'll tell you why for me, at least, is I'm lazy. You know? Oh, it's laziness, OK. Yeah, right? it is laziness. It's yeah. Because, it's because we don't necess- We've never done it that way. Yeah. So we don't we don't know whether that's a benefit or not. Exactly. Right. We just assume that and they don't want to break it. it. They're like, this dude, I'm doing
1: it. I'm whipping up contracts and I'm I'm dispoing. I'm freaking yeah. getting 50 percent here 75 percent there. Right. And they don't want to like stop and slow down and, and fix the chaos.
0: And if they're, and if you're just honest with it, like they're, they're working, they're working five roles at the time. Yeah. So to sit down and track numbers is like, why are you making me do this? Yeah. And one of the biggest things we bring to clients when we're sitting with them is like, is holding those weekly meetings. Yeah. And making them show up. I know. With numbers on a stoplight report. It I know. It seems so like granular. Yeah. But we've had more clients where like that is, that, that's what made the difference for us.
1: 100%. So even with like you meeting, your, your team meeting with, uh, wealthy investor sometimes like honestly sometimes i don't go to those meetings sometimes i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> it's fun i'm like oh hey, my gosh I don't, I don't i don't go to one yeah <laughs> but but i understand the importance because right. once you start like putting numbers to things and then the team is sitting there i'm mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. you've guys seen it over and over again where it's like all right now we're having real conversations on right. like why is this happening why is that happening well we didn't even know or right. we did know, but we didn't want to say anything or whatever the case may be. So, right. The thing they have, have to realize is when
0: you go to an event like WealthCon and somebody stands up there and they give their presentations and they're talking about these $50, $100 million businesses that they run and like how they just woke up one day and were like – I decided I was going to be wealthy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like
0: I decided I was going to go take over the world. Yeah. What they don't show you is, and it's like five years ago. I was living in a, you know, in my mom's basement. You know, yeah. Eating hot pockets. Yeah. Right? And now I'm the king of the world. <laughs> yeah. What they don't tell you is the discipline of I check the numbers every single day. I know. Yeah. I grew it up to this place unless they won the lottery.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: But if it's an actual legitimate, they built a business out of nothing, mm-hmm. you will always find the, 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 what a friend of mine calls the unseen hours, mm-hmm. the dirty work that was like, here's how we tracked it, here's yeah. how we made it work, here's what happened, here's what we did when we didn't hit the numbers, yep. here's the changes we made and the yep. adjustments we found, yep. and here's where we found our spot. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, 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 it's a way to make yourself a lot luckier.
1: 100%. 100%. So... And then, um, so we got the key performance indicator. Key pr- uh, process indicator would process be next. So, yeah. what what is that exactly?
0: Process indicators are what did we do to get the performance? Mm-hmm. So let's use let's use acquisition for contracts. An example. Yeah. Right. So getting the contracts. Um, the process indicator would be how many phone calls did we make? Mm-hmm. How many appointments did we schedule? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that are not outcomes? Mm-hmm. But we have full control over them. All right. Mm. It doesn't matter. I mean, tomorrow, I have no control of whether or not somebody would sign a contract to sell me their house. Yeah. I can do everything I want. And at the end of the day, the guy could just say no. Yeah. What I do have full control over is how many phone calls I make, how many letters I send, how many mm. marketing dollars I spend, process, yeah. process, process. The process. Output. Yeah. output. Yeah. And so I'm tracking that daily.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And every day, I'm saying, here's what we did today.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: And if the process lags, for, so if somebody doesn't do their job for three days, Then we have a people problem. Yeah. I gave you a process. You didn't do it for three days, and therefore we're going to have a performance problem at the end of the week. Yeah. Right? If I gave you the process, you hit the numbers, but we still didn't get the outcome. Performance. Then we know we've got a process issue.
1: Oh, it's a process issue. If they made the phone calls. If you made
0: the phone calls, you did everything you were supposed to do, you did your job, and we don't get the outcome, something is wrong with our process. In other words, 10 phone calls doesn't equal one contract. Mm. Because you made 10 phone calls and we didn't get one contract.
1: But what if like one salesperson makes 30 and the other person does 30 calls and doesn't get a contract, then is it a performance?
0: Then we would get back to what, what, what I've been pounding on everybody lately about, which is auditing. Auditing. inspecting inspecting what's being done. Because the only <clears> issue <throat> would be is you do your phone calls better than this guy does his phone calls. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to audit and say, here is what I need out of that phone call. And as long as you're giving me X, Y, and Z out of it, then it should equal this. Okay. And if it doesn't, then there's something wrong with the process. And we need to make 20 phone calls, not 10. But why is
1: it not a performance issue instead of a process issue?
0: Performance issue would be is I didn't do the work that you told me to do
1: performance,
0: but I I thought the performance is the outcome.
1: If they're doing the work, which is the process, why is it a performance?
0: Because I did the work and I didn't see the outcome I wanted, Mm. right? So we've got to stay focused on like, here's the work that's got to be done. If you do that the way I told you to do it.
1: Yeah. The correct work, not just the work, not the 30 30 calls. You did
0: it properly. Like I told you to do it. I gave you a plan. I've tested it before. It all came out like it was supposed to when I did it. Mm -hmm. Now it's not working we're going to have to sit down and say, this is not the right way of doing this anymore. Got it. We got to fix that. Okay.
1: Got it. That makes sense. So, I mean, that was KPIs. What else have you guys seen, you know, going into all these investors' yeah. offices and businesses that is like usually big problems?
0: I mean, it it always comes down to people at the end of the day. Okay. I mean, I, I, I was sitting somewhere recently. I was talking about this and it was, you know, I sit in hundreds of offices at this point. Their accountability charts look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You know, wholesaling, um, yeah, wholesaling, wholesaling's wholesaling. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very flipping. Simple. Yeah, novations. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Up to you, you know, I got a guy doing crypto mines and opportunity zones. I mean, like all sorts of really cool, like creative ways of doing real estate. But at the end of the day, it's like the process is the process. Yeah. Um, we do predictive index. We're very deep with that, right? We we yeah. predictive index people. Most of the people that we predictive index, very similar in different real estate companies. Mm-hmm. They have similar cognitive scores. Mm. They have similar everythings. Mm-hmm. What it really comes down to is the actual person outside of their cognitive score and their predictive index and your ability to motivate and lead them. Mm. I said to somebody recently, was like, they were like, I keep firing people. I can't get any of And I said this way, he's like, you have the team you deserve to have. And so, if you don't like the performance you're seeing, it's because this is the team you deserve. These are the people that have motivated to work with you. And if they're not, you're not getting the work out of them you want. Then we have a people problem. And most of the time, the people problem is you as the leader. Ooh! <laughs> I mean, that's the only that's variable hilarious. left. That's hilarious. Right? I mean, what else yeah. is left? I mean, if, you, I, if I know if you give me a Mac computer, yeah, and you give somebody else a Mac computer, we have the same tools. Yeah, we're working with the same thing. The only difference is the ability of the user to punch the keys.
1: Yeah, but I think I think that's so funny because I understand that because I've seen it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how does someone if they're the problem, how do they fix it? The right. leader is a problem, how do they fix it?
0: And that is that if you solve that one, you solve all <laughs> of life's problems.
1: That's why wealth can exists, yeah. right?
0: So yeah. people can come and they can work on themselves mm. and they can analyze where they have weaknesses in their leadership. And somebody can tell them you're being lazy and somebody can tell them you need to get a better, a bigger vision for your future. And somebody can tell them you need to stop being a a dictator of a leader and somebody can pound on them because nobody does it all week long. Mm -hmm. Everybody tells them how great they're and how wonderful they are and all those different things and the business never grows.
1: Got it. I
0: find that businesses that don't invest back in the owner, the visionary, the leader to get them to grow as a person, Mm -hmm. they're always going to struggle.
2: Got it. Because you
0: hit the plateau and what doesn't happen is your people don't sit static. They're Believe. either getting better or worse all the time. Yeah. So if they're getting worse, they're going to end up excluding themselves from your business if you're growing.
1: Interesting. If they're getting
0: better and you're getting better and you're growing together. Yeah. We all know this. There's no there's no bond like two people who came from nothing to something together. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when you came up together in it, mm-hmm. that's when, when there's potency to it. Yeah. And I see teams where it's like the leader grew and the people grew with them. Mm-hmm it's it's game over yeah like they're always gonna win
1: they're like the warriors you can do they were not champions it. they became champions and now they're just good where you like dude even if they have a bad record going into the playoffs you're like they could still they're, win because they're, they're just they're 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 him isn't, yeah isn't that what the yeah yeah, say yeah. Now? They're yeah. Him, right yeah but when you can grow
0: together like that it, it it comes down to poor poor leadership will destroy the entire company
1: yeah i've
2: if not
0: there, then the people are looking and saying, we don't really know where we're going here. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And then there's all sorts of problems that come out of that too. Yeah. What about like, it's going to get, it's going to get deep here. <laughs> it's going to get buff. I love buff. Let's go.
1: What I've seen in many businesses mm-hmm. is like sales leadership is extremely I, and you tell me, but yeah. I, I, it seems like extremely hard to find good sales 100%. leadership. I don't know. Have you seen that? Give me feedback. I'll just show. Okay. Up. So let, let's use let's use a little predictive
0: index to kind of kind of analyze this. So we talk about PI. It's a high A is dominance, high B is social interaction, low C is impatience, low yeah. D is no rules and structure. Yeah. So if we see a sales leader who is like a, a maverick predictive index profile, it's like yeah, straight line, yeah, you know all of those different things, they will struggle with the details. Yeah, And so they struggle holding people accountable for details because they're so competitive that they they don't hold people to the rules, mm. right? Okay. So now if I have a sales team and that's the way that I've hired them, which is good, mm-hmm. I need them to be dominant, social, impatient, no rules. Yeah. If they're all of those things, what makes them great also makes them terrible. Yeah. Right? They're not going to work well in that environment unless you can anchor them to something else. Okay. And that something else has to be core values. That something else has to be purpose. That something else has to be that we're in this together. That something else has to be that you show them that they don't want to go do this on their own because they're going to have to figure out yeah. all the other components of the business that they don't want to figure out. yeah. So when I see a sales team where there's infighting, or they're not getting along or they're not performing well together and they don't play nice with one another. Yeah. I can usually identify pretty quickly is the revenues are lacking Mm -hmm. because they're being paid commissions. Um, therefore you can look and say they probably weren't tracking numbers very closely. Therefore there's probably somebody not there holding them accountable. Therefore they're getting to the place where they become impatient. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'll go into offices and, um, before I get there, I'll go on LinkedIn just to look up the company and kind of see what's going on there. And I'll see two or three or four sales guys, you know, where they're looking for work in the company mm. I'm about to walk into.
2: Oh, wow! Right?
0: And you'll walk in and say, "Hey, just so you know, there's some of your. I mean, you probably know this, there's some guys looking for work. They're like, yeah, no, they're always salespeople are always looking for work. Mm. It's just the way they are. Oh. And so you have to figure out how to properly motivate and incentivize and tie them to you, or they're designed to be impatient. Yeah. Again, what makes them great makes them terrible. Yeah, and so it it is going to always be a problem in sales.
1: So what what profile? And I was was pulling on my phone because I wanted to look at the predictive index on like the the managers that we currently have. Yeah. What predictive or what profile should a sales manager have? Okay, so I would look at the team, and I would
0: say if my team is a high A, high dominant, right, with maybe a lower B. Uh, for social interaction, that means they're going to be much more about the task than the person. Mm-hmm. I would look at that and I would say they're also going to be incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. So I need a sales manager who is going to fuel that competition. Okay. Okay. If my people are high B low A, mm-hmm. so they're more sociable and they're less dominant.
1: But what if you, what if we have like a huge sales team where we have like fifty people? Then you're going to have to, as the manager,
0: they're going to have to be a bit of a chameleon and manage people differently, each of them. Got it. So that's where we want to get those profiles as close as we possibly can to each other so we can manage them one way.
1: What about like – I know one of our sales managers, and I'm trying to look up all their things right now, are captains.
0: Yeah. So you see that cutback D that comes in? Yeah. So the rules and the structure, Mm -hmm. meaning that in a sales environment, Mm -hmm. if they were just a salesman, not a sales manager, they may take no for an answer a little too quick. Okay. Because social norms, say if somebody says no, it means no. Yeah. So the captains have that cutback D that takes no a little too soon. Yeah. But it's also awesome if they're managing other people, it means that they're going to hold people to the rules. Mm. Which is what you need when you have, you know, Mavericks running around going yeah. crazy is you need somebody to say, no, no, we're going to make sure the CRM gets filled out. We're going to make sure that, you know, people get followed up on. We're going to make sure that the calls are good. Yeah. So you need a little bit of that cutback D to make sure that uh things are getting done. We call it a corporate hook.
1: Okay, what about as far as... Sorry, I'm trying to find their freaking profiles. What about if... So, before we get into it, can you explain to people what the predictive index is? Because yeah. they might not even have context of what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, the predictive index is a behavioral assessment Basically, yeah. it's going to tell me what drives and motivates somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not going to tell me how they're going to behave, but it would tell me this would be the motivators for why they do the work that they do. So let yeah. me give you an example. I'm what you call in predictive index. I'm a collaborator. Okay. I'm a collaborator means I'm a high B. I'm a low A. So I have a drive for social interaction. I could sit here and talk to you for the next 10 hours and I'd yeah. be perfectly fine. I yeah. love this. We left the meeting. Yeah. We came in here. I sit in meetings all day long. Love yeah. people. I'm not dominant. So I'm more collaborative. Okay. Um, I have a C that's towards the center. So sometimes I'll come across, I'm sorry, my C is far right. So I can be very patient.
2: Oh, okay. I could
0: sit and just, my wife's friends are crazy. I'm so patient, right? I'll just wait and wait and wait. (laughs) And then I have a low D, which means I don't have many rules and structure. Mm. So in that profile, it Mm -hmm. would tell you the job that would most motivate me would be something that would be consistent in its work. I got to be around people. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to boss people around. Yeah. And you didn't put a bunch of rules and structure on me.
1: Yeah. So So, you said C is patience. Yeah. And then D was no rules. B is social. Mm -hmm. And then A was what? Uh, Influence. Drive to exert influence. Okay. So collaborative is more... Low A. Low A. Okay. So I have a high A, high B, high C, high D. Some a maverick,
0: yeah, Got low it. C, low D, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, low C, low D, yeah, yeah. But when it says self concept, and we'll put this up, yeah. so make sure I love so it. people can see it. And if you guys want to take the predictive index, we'll put it in the description below so you guys could take it Sweet. and you know learn. When it says self concept, what does that mean?
0: So self for the first chart you get on a predictive index, it says self. Mm-hmm. That's who you are. Yeah. Um, so studies say between the ages of 8 and 15, you settle into self. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. Self-concept is who you think you need to be based on your current situation. Mm. So every day, each and every one of us are modifying our behavior Yeah. based on what's going on around us. Got it. So when you took that test, self-concept was this is how I feel like I have to modify yeah. to do my job. Yeah. And if we see too much modification, it means you're stressed in your role.
1: Mmm, interesting. So, for example,
0: like if you're a straight line maverick, right? Like yeah. you are, yeah. But if your profile in your self concept went the other way and it was a guardian, profile, so like I'll show you mine. Yeah, so I could tell you based on that right there, based when you took this test, you were trying to follow a lot of rules and structure, yeah, and you didn't really want to,
2: yeah. So I was, mean, a, that's my was, life, right, yeah. It
0: was a stress to you to follow rules and structure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would sit down with you and I'd say, hey, Brian, what's, where's the stress at here? Like, this KPIs. is driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would, we would, we would, we would account for it. We would look at the, yeah. Hey, maybe we need to get you an assistant and all you got to do is just record
2: at yeah. the end of
0: the day, or they're going to go pull your numbers for you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. Right? Because you're not going to be driven by rules and structure, which mm. is probably what makes you an, an awesome salesperson mm-hmm. is when somebody says, no, you heard. Mm, yeah. Later. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They don't mean yeah. no. They mean yeah. like, not right now. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow I'll yeah. call them back and then they'll say yes. Yeah. Great in sales, horrible at administration. For sure. Right? It's we terrible. don't want you filling out this, no, the KPI the, sheet. No. The KPI sheet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right.
1: What does the last one mean? And again, we're going to pop this up for yeah, everyone yeah. to see. Is, the, is it the
0: E or which one are you looking at? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's a synthesis. So it's a blend of the two. This is how you'd show up for work. Got it. Okay. So who you so. are, who you think you need to be, what everybody sees. The E on the bottom tells me whether you're more subjective or objective.
1: Okay, I'm very subjective. So, yeah,
0: you're very subjective. It means you make decisions more based on feelings than data.
1: I know, that sucks, dude.
0: No, it's the intuition. Yeah. It's, you could probably walk up on a house right now. If I drove you to any any part of the city and walked up on a house and I said, here's the price, you could tell me immediately, like, that's a winner or that's a
2: loser. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't For even sure. need
0: to go inside. I yeah. don't need to tell you square footage. Yeah. None of it. You would do it solely based on intuition.
2: Yeah
1: right yeah that's how i buy houses right i
0: would yeah. look at that house and i would say i give me give me the data sheet can i go inside I and the tape measure yeah i'd like to measure it let's yeah. go walk the foundations let's
2: check that
1: interesting it's in
0: a flood like what's yeah. going on here yeah i would need way more data to make a decision than yeah. you would
2: yeah 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 that's you gotta true. have
0: both right mm. if you have a company i walk into a business and they're all subjectives like we're losing money and everybody feels great about it <laughs> <laughs> right, like, like we're we're yeah, about to go. We're under, rocking and rolling, but though. Everybody, yeah. but but, but, we, but got, we were close. We got great culture. Yeah, great, yeah, great culture. <laughs> you know, we're losing all our money. We got culture, right? Yeah, yeah. I go to another business where they're all objectives, and nobody can make a decision. Mm. Right? They well, if we, I just need one more piece of data, and then we'll make a decision on
1: it. Interesting. So okay, got it. So how does so? I think we kind of covered like if someone's not making money, what do they got to do? Yeah, right. What's another problem that you see with a lot of companies? Um, we we always say it this way, which is not not it's not scaling too
0: fast. It's just scaling wrong. Okay, companies that are trying to look around them and say, "Well, this is what we're supposed to do." I mean, I think this is perfect. You know, again, for for much of your audience, if you're starting into real estate, you know, don't look at somebody else's business and say, "Well, I got to scale to 100 deals, or I got to scale to yeah. 200 deals, or I got to whatever." Scale to whatever you want out of life. Like, what do you want out of that business? Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, if you decide, look, you know what, my purposes next five years are, you know what, I want to I grow this thing to $100 million and I want to do this and I want to do that, then it means you have to be willing to do the work mm. and the things that are necessary to do that scaling properly. Mm. And that's where you have to, it's not an options, you have to. Invest in the tools, invest in the resources, understand that your first few years in business are not going to be profitable because you're investing for growth,
3: mm.
0: not investing for, I got to get more money out of the Private. business today, right? Yeah. That's I mean, if you look at most tech businesses, I just read a study on this the other day, they they take all that venture capital money, right? Mm-hmm. And most of them don't make money till about year seven. Yeah. If they do it right, it's about year seven before they make their money. Mm-hmm. Because they've spent all of that time understanding, we're not trying to build a million-dollar software company. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build a billion-dollar software company. Yeah, and so you see companies at, at at inception with boards and CEOs and COOs and CFOs and all of these different things, and you're thinking that is total overkill mm-hmm. for a million-dollar business. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. But they're not building a million dollar business. Got it. They're building a billion dollar business. Mm. I always this is the mistake that happens so often. Don't hire for what you need today. Hire for what you need a year, two, three years from now.
1: But then won't you be overstaffed?
0: Not people. Mm. Not the number of people. The quality of people.
1: Got it. Okay.
2: So
0: if you say I'm going to be a five million dollar real estate company, yeah, and you're going to hire a COO or an operations manager, or somebody like that, hire the operations manager for an advanced company, not the company you are today.
2: Mm. Again,
0: you're making the bet that that's where you're going. Yeah. Which requires you measure KPIs, mm-hmm. you have your weekly meetings, you follow an accountability chart, you yeah. stay on plan, you stay on path. Most, the mistake most make is I'm going to hire this person. They're not really qualified to do the job anyway. But they're there. I'm going to grow them up with me. Yeah. But they don't have the experience in growing those people up. And so they end up with bad hires that they're dragging along with them yeah. to get to where they want to go.
1: Yeah. So, so. I'm, again, I'm, I'm just doing, I'm getting a free coaching call if you guys have, (laughs) (laughs) it's like the best dude. So I'm looking at my COO's profile for my flipping company and he's an adapter. Sure. So does that profile work well with what I'm trying to
0: do? Awesome. Because they can do, they can do what they want to do when they want to do it with whoever they want to be doing it with for as long as they want to be doing it. So one of the greatest salespeople i ever met is an adapter. Okay. One of the greatest operations people i ever met is an adapter.
1: Yeah, because he's more operations. He's not – I'm a crazy, aggressive salesperson that, like, can build relationships and, like, kind of force transactions. And he's so nice that I'm just like, dude, he's like, hey, I don't want to bug you. Did you guys receive my offer? I'm like – no, B, what's
0: <laughs> up? Hey, did you sign my offer? Like, yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. 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 He, so, can, he can adapt and modify to the role. It's yeah. a challenge. The only thing you have to be careful with them is that they don't turn into jacks of all trades and masters of none. Got but
2: it.
1: But that
0: they become, you know, they hone their craft. Yeah. Because their their profile means they can move around.
1: Got it. They can so go you do want a to lot put, of to make sure stuff. they do one thing.
0: Yeah. Or or if the company needs them to move around, be okay with looking at them saying, hey, look, I need you to be the COO for yeah. a year. And mm-hmm. then a year from now, I need you to be the CFO. And then after that, I need you to go be my operations manager or my, yeah. my sales manager. And then I need you to step into marketing. And They
1: like that, or they, they can. They. they what can, about
0: individualist? Same. Same thing. Same thing. Those ones that are when you see a profile that goes back and forth across the center line. Yeah, that's what you're looking at is those those
1: mod, those modifying profiles that they can they can move around a bit. Got it. Yeah. Um. I guess last question, like, why do you hate Dave Ramsey? <laughs> I don't hate Dave Ramsey. I, I think I think he's a he's a brilliant man for
0: for a for a sector of society. Yeah, and I think there's why do I hate him? That was a setup question. I don't. I know a lot of people who love Dave Ramsey. I, yeah, I you know a, know a lot of people that wonderful love wonderful Dave man. Ramsey, but not. Um, you. <laughs> I, I'm just I again if you're if you're in if you're in business that comes with a set of of risks and rewards yeah that don't necessarily jive with a, a a dave ramsey philosophy yeah yeah and i think i would be miserable as a person without that level of risk, risk and reward. Got it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that probably hurts me sometimes. Yeah. You know, where it's like you, you over leverage and risk. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But the rewards of, you know, it's the old thing. I'd rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 hours for somebody else. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's very difficult to blend in a,
1: uh, in a Dave Ramsey model sometimes. Got it. All right. So if people want to find you, where do they go?
0: Yeah. uh, Sharperbusiness.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go there. Risebusinessframework.com is the is the business operating system. Yeah, and then I'm uh, I'm at Brand McCurdy on Instagram.
1: So beautiful, I, and we'll leave all your information system. in the description below. Amazing. All right, thank you for right. having. Thank you for coming on. Awesome. All right, guys, this was the Wealthy Investor Podcast. We're out. Peace.